Mr. Gopal Mahadevan, the convener for Economic Affairs and the Policy Advocacy Panel, CIA, Tamil Nadu. Mr. T.T. Ashok, the past chairman. Mr. B.C. Datta, the co-convener. Industry members, ladies and gentlemen, good morning. It's a pleasure for me to be here uh, among the top finance heads of our state. I'm happy to note that this is the 12th edition of the Finance Conclave, and I'm sure that with every passing year, the value of this conclave to all of you increases, and your functioning adds value to our state and our economy in uh, more diverse and more impactful ways. We are, as uh, has been mentioned here, a unique state in many dimensions. Um, I think you may have seen a recent statistic that shows we have uh, at least 10,000 more factories than a state like Gujarat, which is otherwise developed. The value of about 100 years of social justice is that we have less inequity or greater equity, though we're a far cry away from kind of satisfaction or success as a state we have less inequity and this reflects in more and more people having access to setting up SMEs, greater purchasing power at the individual level and therefore a more robust self-contained economy in terms of the percentage of the GDP that is consumption or GSDP that's consumption. But uh, if I just step back a little and talk about the 18 months or so that we have been in office uh, in this government. We came in at a very difficult time because a uh, relatively unplanned for second wave hit us and it was six times the magnitude of the first wave in terms of uh, number of cases and hospital um, demand. But we worked through that, uh, we learned a lot and we developed a bunch of capacity. I would say there's almost no major city or district in Tamil Nadu now that is oxygen deficient. Were we to have the need again, uh, we can pretty much be self-sufficient in oxygen. That's one of the good things that came out of it. Also, uh, we know that we can now create hospital beds on the fly if we need to in the thousands or tens of thousands. But between the second wave, the third wave, a lot of campaign promises we had to fulfill, plus uh, very, very heavy rains. In fact, by volume worse than the 2015 rains, it was certainly a very difficult year, especially for a party that was uh, taking over administration after a 10-year gap. But despite all of that, I would say, uh, First, talking about my own portfolio, on the fiscal side, after eight years of ever-increasing revenue deficits, we brought the revenue deficit down by 16,000 crores. And as a consequence, the fiscal deficit came down um, in the final account, even better than we thought in the revised estimate, down to 3.38%. Now the limit that we were set by the union government uh, using various levers that they have was about 3.85%. So basically we came in about half a percent 
below the limit and under the uh, terms of the 15th Finance Commission, the recommendations which were adopted by the Union Government, what that allows us to do is roll over the borrowing capacity from last year to this year. Now, it's a bit early, so I don't want to speak too much, but I will say that this year we are on track to repeat a good performance. Um, so far, assuming the economy stays roughly at the same pace it has been for the uh, year to date. And if so, then we'll build up some more capacity again. But that's on the fiscal side. On the operational side, uh, by some surveys, I think TN has jumped to third position in ease of doing business compared to the 14th. And our role, uh, both in the auto sector, which we originally were quite dominant, but also in things like electronics, textiles, chemicals, leather, etc., our relative ranking in the national economy has gone up. Now, I, I take that as a good sign. I by no means take that as a complacent kind of signal that we are already doing everything well. Uh, we, of course, have to do a lot better. But again, as I say, uh, by a recent RBI report, TN accounts for 15% of all the factories in the country, which is the number one in the country, even though we are not anywhere near 15% of the GDP of the country, we're probably closer to 10.5 or 11. And we have the maximum number of workers engaged in industry, about 2.2 million. We have been able to attract a lot of investment, partly because, as uh, the chairman mentioned, or the previous chairman mentioned, we are in a very changing global order. And there's a lot of uh, movement of capital, of capacity away from China and India as a whole, and Tamil Nadu in particular, benefit from this. But in the last uh, few months, maybe 14, 15 months, we've invested, we've attracted about $10 billion of investments, creating about 2 lakh jobs or so. Now this, uh, the last I checked, it was about a 40, 45% increase year over year. I couldn't agree more that MSMEs are the backbone of our uh, economy and our manufacturing capability as the statistics we've cited in terms of the number of factories, the number of people employed, uh, and the proportion of our total manufacturing that comes from them. We have multiple initiatives to support MSMEs. By coincidence, uh, my expenditure secretary in the finance department is also the secretary, principal secretary for the MSME department. So I work very closely with him. And in fact, uh, since I came to office, I take uh, personal attendance in every SLBC, as it's called, State Level Banking Committee, which meets once in three months. And in that committee, we have actually uh, undertaken a lot of initiatives to improve access to credit to uh, MSMEs. There's good news and there's bad news. I would say that uh, overall, Tamil Nadu is both a uh, above 100% credit to deposit ratio state. It has always been and it continues to be and it continues to improve slightly. So for every rupee of deposits, there's probably a rupee 10 or rupee 15 of um, credit extended. That's the good news. The bad news is though the banks hit their targets every year, 
they only hit it in the volume of lending or the volume of credit extension. They fall far behind in the number of clients or the number of industries to be covered. And we keep reiterating to them that they should use better technology or more advanced technology to improve their KYC, to improve their uh, credit committee approval process, to expand their uh, client network, and to bring in more and more people into the fold. Now, the state can help with some of that. We're working with them on some technology uh, support. But I think also emerging technologies like FinTech offer a, a huge opportunity. Uh, I was in Singapore earlier this year for some unrelated work. And I uh, met with the head of the MAS's um, FinTech uh, initiatives. I had already served on uh, several MAS committees and subcommittees when I was in Singapore. And I had not seen this kind of innovation in, that I saw this time. In the last five years, they have greatly increased the use of FinTech in general and blockchain in particular. And particularly in the MSME sector, they use intra-MSME, that is, or inter-MSME, between themselves, their trading transactions, their bills settle, their uh, accounts and um, payables, and the speed with which they get done, and the efficiency of those transactions as a credit validator of these entities. So without waiting for one bank or one central kind of credit rating agency, the transactions between the MSMEs and between the MSMEs and the higher level OEM suppliers or manufacturing companies can be used to validate uh, the creditworthiness and the financial standing of these companies. And I think those kinds of technologies have a lot of potential here, as I've discussed both with our MSME department and with the SLBC. I think uh, Tamil Nadu is focusing a lot on fintech. As you know, we've announced uh, a fintech park, and TIDCO is uh, in the process of developing that. We hope that that will attract a lot of institutions, at least at a preliminary level. I've had interest from many of the biggest players in the world in the course of my interactions. Um, Tamil Nadu has lagged a bit behind states like Karnataka or cities like Hyderabad broadly in the IT space. But when you come to banking and, and finance sector IT, I think Chennai and Tamil Nadu are second to none, uh, particularly when it comes to the large banks, the hedge funds, the asset managers, the insurance companies, and so forth. And we certainly hope to um, lever up on that towards uh, a greater kind of scale in these areas. We will also set up specialist support uh, entities in um, the Guidance Bureau as well as our other facilitation agencies to work on these uh, priority um, sectors or, or areas of focus for us. Let me just conclude um, by saying something about the fiscal position of our state and uh, where I see a key role for industry and for partners. As you know, um, it's very difficult to improve outcomes if you don't improve processes, right? There's, there's no magic wand that you can just suddenly keep the same system and get better results. In that sense, uh, it is very, very strong political leadership that allows the kind of path-breaking initiatives of reform 
because the system is otherwise deadened by inertia. If you look at more than half the things the government does, it's either inefficient in design or well past its sell-by date. But the system continues along because nobody really wants to rock the boat. Nobody wants to, uh, nobody has the courage to take up an issue. Every time you try to do some reform, the few that benefit from it, mostly unfairly, definitely disproportionately, will raise a hue and cry as if the sky is falling. And the many that benefit will either not be aware of the impending benefits coming down the road or will not have the access to the ears of those in power to actually say, yes, thank you, please do it for me. So one of the big problems in democracy, this is not unique to Tamil Nadu, it's not unique to India, in all democracies is that the rich and powerful and successful have access to the ears of the policy makers, the bureaucrats, and those who are left behind have very little access and very little voice, even though we run elections on a one man, one vote, one person, one vote basis. So in that sense, uh, I would certainly say, as I've said before, my leader has relatively revolutionary intent. Uh, in his first address to our uh, economic advisors, Esther Duflo, Raghuram Raj, and Arvind Subramaniam, John Drace, and Mr. S. Narayan, he set out a very clear vision that he wants to take Tamil Nadu to a certain place. And he said the exact words, he said, I realize these dreams of mine cannot be achieved through marginal reform. Let me assure you that Tamil Nadu stands ready to do whatever it takes. On that basis and with that support, I would say uh, we in the finance department have been driving a lot of change. It's, it's amazing to me how many things we have touched in 18 months. Sometimes there was an IMF team here um, that's been working with us for a year. And we just had a concluding dinner before they wrote their final report. And when we were just uh, listening to them talk about how much change we have wrought in 18 months, it was actually quite shocking to me that we've been able to do so much so quickly. But that's why we get the results. The results don't come automatically. Because we do so much, we get such better results. I would say if we continue on this trend, then we're going to have some interesting dilemmas. But let me first talk about one thing. Uh, we talked about the increase in per capita GDP and how things have gone not so badly for our country. In the case of Tamil Nadu, uh, as much as our GDP growth has slowed, so has our population growth also. So if you look at per capita GDP, Tamil Nadu has done relatively well, even though the last seven, eight years, our GDP growth slowed quite a bit, uh, GSDP growth slowed quite a bit. Overall in India it slowed, Tamil Nadu it also slowed, and probably the differential was a bit worse because our fisc had deteriorated so badly that we ourselves were not in a position to do the level of capex we used to do. There was a time when Tamil Nadu would do three, three and a half, four percent of GSDP in capital expenditures every year. And that dropped uh, continuously from 2014 till uh, at the depth of the pandemic, it was one percent or so. Last year, we've improved it to uh, about one and a half percent. This year, we hope to take it back to about two percent. But on the trajectory that we are, either next year or the year after that, we will hit 
the revenue neutral target of the FRBM and our FRA Act. If we do that and the economy stays the way it is, then our capital expenditures are going to grow maybe 2x or 3x in a period of three years. So we're going to go from something like 35,000 crores a year to something like 90 or 95,000 crores a year in uh, three years. That brings a whole lot of concerns to me, and I've expressed this to the, um, all the secretaries. Uh, the chief minister has asked me to chair a committee that looks at all infrastructure projects uh, above 100 crores, and there's many of these projects for a total capex of 1,30,000 crores or something. And when we see the progress on those, it worries me whether we really have the execution capacity uh, to do that scale of capex because over the years of decay in the fisc, the decay in the capex has brought the number to such a low capacity that it's not clear to me whether we can scale up that quickly. In addition, uh, some things are, are better done by PPP, not just for the money, but for the execution expertise and the efficiency that private or large corporates or people who have been there, done that around the world bring. So, you know, we are not interested in building things and then selling them because we need money, as some governments do. There are certain sectors where only the government should operate, in our opinion, and there are certain sectors where the private enterprise has much greater expertise than us, and we would rather leverage that expertise as partners on day one. So, in that sense, I think over the next couple of years, there will be a great role for industry and private enterprise and CII as one of the leading organizations of such private enterprise to work with the government both to increase execution capacity as well as uh, to look for innovative models of uh, joint investment or joint financing and execution. So there are some things we can do better. We can raise capital, we can allocate equity, we can take risk. There are some things industry can do better in terms of uh, maintenance, execution, um, professionalism, technology, etc. So we need to figure out some models as we go along. I'll close with only two points. Uh, though for most people, capital and finance is a constraint. I would say that as far as the government of Tamil Nadu is concerned, though we are still not out of the woods, and though we are still working through a huge problem where we had almost 3.5% revenue deficit and 4.6% or something fiscal deficit when we came to office, uh, we are well on our path where we can see light at the end of the tunnel. So as uh, I learned very recently at some other lecture, and then I went and did some research. At the depth of the Second World War in 1942, in an interview, uh, the great economist Keynes uh, has expressed this perspective, that as far as government is concerned, and with the then existing itself global access to markets and financing and uh, liquidity and all that, anything the government can actually do, it can afford to do. That's a radical concept. But the more I sit in this office, the more I realize that to be true. It is that ability to execute the intent without leakage, without uh, kind of direction twisting, 
in the truest form, if you can execute something the way that you intend to execute it, in a way that strengthens democracy, increases equity, increases social justice, then surely we can afford to do it. Money is not the constraint as far as I can tell. And that's a profound learning for me. And I hope that uh, with the right partnership, we will actually increase our ability to do things, to achieve results through execution capability. The second thing I would say is, should we feel a sense of urgency or not? Because at some level, we see the global order in great flux. The China plus one strategy helps us a lot. Uh, the scale of our country, our positioning in the kind of quad in another kind of G20 and so forth gives us better access. On the other hand, one would say that we're looking at a demographic shift and were we to not create enough jobs during this major shift that we could end up with uh, significant negative outcomes. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to opine one way or the other. This is the debate going. I'll just make uh, a somewhat lighthearted but also uh, somewhat serious point. About a month or two months ago, uh, a very senior officer of the union government, Tamil Nadu Kader, now on deputation, my friend Mr. T.V. Somnathan, the, the Union Finance Secretary, gave an address at the Chennai International Center uh, at the MSME. It was a memorial address at the uh, MSE, Madras School of Economics. And he argued that there is not really this great sense of urgency. It's not as if it's now or never. It's not as if, if we don't do it in the next three years or five years or we don't hit this number, uh, there's like doom ahead. And he gave various statistics covering centuries across many countries and continents uh, to give the sense that we are heading in the right direction. Of course, we'd like to accelerate, but it's not as if there's like a narrowing window where if you don't do something of scale, uh, the opportunity is lost forever. Uh, as just an audience member, I didn't want to uh, divert the debate, so I didn't get into the Q&A in that place. But here I will say that I agree and I disagree. Right. I agree that there are many paths to success. There's not one that says, if you don't do this, you're forever gone. But I will disagree on two levels. The first, I don't think there's any politician who doesn't want results tomorrow because we have to face elections day after. So we are all driven on a different time scale than uh, uh, a civil servant. But I also genuinely believe that with so many fair winds going our way, if this is not the time where on the one side we have all of these uh, plus variables and on the other hand we have all these unemployed youth, if we do not hit this acceleration point at this time, it's not clear to me when we will have a better uh, kind of environment than this. So in that sense, I certainly feel a sense of urgency, at least as far as Tamil Nadu is concerned, to do this very quickly. Uh, because we have a lot of unemployed, educated youth particularly. Not particularly properly skilled, but educated. And that's why the CM has also focused on this non-Mudalvan scheme to better, uh, to make the youth more employable and more industry ready or more economy ready. I say all this because I think that we can't take it for granted that the next few years will continue to see smooth sailing. We are in an unprecedented 
macroeconomic scenario uh, before between 2008 and before the uh, covid pandemic there was already still probably 4 or 5 trillion of excess liquidity through monetary policy in the markets covid saw another huge surge more rounds of qe and something like now 8 trillion or something is the is the increased balance sheet of assets in the major central banks of the world compared to 2008 so there's all this excess liquidity sloshing around the first 15 years or so or 12 years or so we escaped inflation because much of that liquidity ended up in the hands of people who were not going to consume with it and it only ended up in the hands of investors and so you saw asset prices equity markets debt markets art gold all of these things went up but you didn't see consumer price inflation now all of a sudden after the fiscal stimulus that most governments made during covid and after it actually reached the hands of people who could spend it you're seeing unprecedented inflation because you have this combined effect of a few trillion dollars of fiscal stimulus and 8 trillion dollars of excess liquidity and all of a sudden you're seeing inflation not seen in 30 40 50 years and you're seeing strange outcomes in the market the other day i saw that the us tends to curve was inverted by about 3 quarter percent 75 76 basis points which has not been seen since the volcker days of uh, stagflation of fighting stagflation so there's a reasonable risk that the global economy doesn't find a soft landing away from this extreme situation and if so that's another reason why we should have urgency of course as i've said in many places including the assembly as far as the state of tamil nadu is concerned under the guidance of our chief minister we have taken appropriate fiscal measures including as i say rolling over unused debt capacity and a couple of others i don't want to get into but therefore i gave the assurance to the house and i give it here that were we to go into a uh global recession that tamil nadu will be better buffered and better uh protected from the downsides compared to the national uh, fisc or to most other states so that also gives me a sense of urgency though i'm hedged i'd still like to make hay while the sun shines anyway with those words uh, let me thank you again for inviting me for giving me this time i'm sure that uh, cii will uh facilitate the interaction with government we have a whole lot of advisory committees one on federal fiscal relations led by mr dattar the supreme court lawyer our own economic advisory council uh we have advisory committees for almost everything that's the way we operate we want to get uh, on friday we're going to kick off the tamil nadu climate change council with people like former planning commission chairman montex in kalwalia and eric solheim uh, the un climate change ambassador so we always look to get the best ideas from whoever feels they want to participate in the process we don't think we have such a monopoly and we look forward to working with you and uh, i hope that for all of you this uh, conclave will uh, provide an opportunity to benefit and go back and improve your company's performance i wish you all a successful event and thank you once again Thank you.